Welcome to Corner of Hunter and George, Peterborough's art and culture podcast, Peterborough, Ontario, Canada. Well, what an honor it is, an honor in many ways. Number one, that I have reached now 25, that's some sort of momentum, a quarter century. And I don't know, I, I think according to numbers, looking at the data, everything's about data these days. It's hard not to get too immersed in data and think that answers all our world's problems. I guess I'm doing above average, which for something that's locally centered, that's not too bad. So I feel pretty good about myself that way. Uh, But let's not get ego-driven. It's more an honor, much more an honor. million times more an honor. A million square ten more an honor. To be talking to Polaris, shortlisted artist... Peterborough native, Kelly McMichael, who is coming home this weekend to play in our folk festival, which I think has to be said, to be sure, I've said this on my radio show, Peterborough's greatest musical event. It is. If you look at the artists who are playing at this, not just her, but I look at other uh, local sensations like Joyful Joyful, I look at I... Where there, there are others too. It's just it's it's a collection of a bunch of talents, and I just feel like it's a shame that some of them are. Well, I think most of them are just only going to be on the stage for half an hour, so that's too bad. But anyway, well, Kelly McMichael released Waves in 2021. That has been shortlisted for the Polaris. But Waves is something is an art piece to be to behold. And I'll say a little more about that in a second. Her relationship with horses. If you look at the album cover of Waves, you'll know what I'm speaking about. Songs like New Life Coming, Stepping Stone. uh, Also, Out the Window. And the final piece of the album that we'll hear later. Also, maybe her being maybe a slightly bit of a sports fan, or once having something anyway for the uh, late Jay, late Blue Jay, meaning he's not no longer with the team, Josh Donaldson. But let's make it about waves. So this is from, I believe, the East, the East Magazine, from Atlanta, Canada. This is what they said. I got to quote two paragraphs from it. TheEastMagazine.com. This is from June 9th of 2021 when the album first came out. The album is, at heart, an affirmation of identity, an almost inherent quality for something that has had eight years to snowball. 
The years it has taken to release the material have resulted in a vignette, looking back on an era of McMichael's life, examining relationships, friendships, jobs, cities, with a sort of self-aware perspective woven through it about the effects of time. Now, for purposes of self-humiliation, I'll give myself a bit of uh, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Um, unlike uh, unlike Vish, uh, Vish on his podcast that she's was also on recently, uh, Creative Control. I could have mentioned uh, her relationship with Land of Talk and maybe the influence of Elizabeth Powell. You know, nothing else. I'm from Aurelia myself. Or I could have mentioned maybe her experience with Fourth Line Theatre in Millbrook. But let's not make this about me. Let's make this about Kelly McMichael. That's quite agonizing to hear it about me. So here it is, my interview with Kelly McMichael. Thank you very much for joining me on uh, my program. Uh, I take it you've been really busy, obviously on tour. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Got a lot, a lot, a lot going on all at once. <laughs> yeah. And where, where are you calling from today? Uh, I'm in St. John's. I'm at home right now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So my, my goodness, you're going to have to be doing a lot of traveling then the next few days by uh, what I can see of your schedule. Yeah, I'm flying out. Uh, yeah, this week is just um, preparing for these upcoming Ontario shows. So I'm flying into Hamilton on Thursday. Okay. And have you done the initial show yet in St. John's? I did. Yeah, that was okay. this weekend. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So from what I'm reading, it's kind of like a four or five stop tour. And all of these places, I believe you have a personal connection to, meaning you've lived in all of these spots, except for, I, I'm not really clear what the Hamilton connection is that you have there. Is there a reason you picked Hamilton as a spot? Um, I just wanted one more show to fill it out in the area. Um, mm -hmm. And my partner who plays in my band, uh, John Moran, Mm -hmm. he, he's uh, from the Hamilton area and he is uh, opening, he's playing that show. Um, so it was kind of a nice opportunity to, for him to get to do a hometown show as well. And I have a lot of friends that uh, have moved to Hamilton. So I thought I'd see, <laughs> I thought I'd see how, uh, how it goes playing a Hamilton show. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, it's been, a, I think it's been a difficult summer for people to, uh, I mean, summer is kind of hard for people to commit to, to um you know knowing what they're going to do when so we'll mm. we'll see how it goes it's all an experiment this is my first time playing shows since the album came out uh in ontario so i'm not really yeah we'll see with the polaris buzz how how it goes um hopefully people come out <laughs> right yes well we're definitely we're gonna look at we'll get to that polaris part soon but um Coming to Peterborough's Folk Festival. Now, I noticed you were named Emerging Artist back in 2007. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's, uh, yeah. I, well, I hate to say it, 15 years ago. But uh, have, have you played in the festival much since that year? I'm still emerging. Can you believe it? I, okay. I was an yeah. emerging artist in 2007, and I finally released my first <laughs> full-length album a year ago <laughs> and got on this Polaris thing. So, yeah, still right. emerging 15 years later. <laughs> well, maybe maybe as a solo act under your own name, but you've done a lot uh, between that and uh, 2022. But um 
I guess the first part talking about location, like you've lived in St. John since about 2013. And yes. I guess, um, I guess I just wanted you to explain what was the attraction of St. John's because, uh, you know, when I grew up in the 70s and 80s, usually Newfoundland was a place people were moving away from and coming more towards Ontario. But uh, you've done the opposite. And I, and I noticed it's not just been you. So I just wonder if you have any sort of special thing that pulled you into Newfoundland, St. John's. Yeah, yeah, I have a few friends. Uh, well, like, yeah, my partner, John Moran, uh, we met out here and he's, you know, like I said, he's from the Hamilton area. Um and Jake Nickel, who I recorded the record with uh, and who drums with me, he's also from Ontario, ended up out here. Uh, my other friend, Jordy Dines, is another musician from By Divine Right, who lives out here. And it's just an amazing, it's such a special place. And the music community here, I think, is is so, uh, it's it's the perfect size for like, a lot of action, but still kind of small and still able to really have really strong connections with your community. Um, So I guess that's the appeal why we all ended up staying here. Um, uh, There's an amazing music festival, Lanya Vanya. Mm -hmm. That's a, it's a fairly small festival, but it's, it's been, it's been growing. Um, They've had it for, was it 11 years now or 12 years? Anyway, I played the second year with my band Rouge in 2012 and we all were just like this is such a magical place i want to stay here forever um and then i was seeing somebody from there and uh spent some time you know spent a lot of time there and um uh moved there for for a year in 2013 i was back in peterborough for two years and then i wanted to go back to st john's i just i loved it there and um I've stayed ever since because uh, I just I love it out here. <laughs> okay, and so I'll, I'll take first kind of romantic turn on it. Does it have kind of like a special feel or pull with the ocean or nature or the rocks or just the feel the the way the people are or something like that? Um, I, I'm I, guessing, but I'm just both, saying something along yeah, those lines. Yeah, for sure, both. <laughs> yeah, as cheesy as it sounds, I mean, I called my album Waves. I was uh, feeling so happy with like where I lived in the world and with my community. And I was doing a lot of hiking um, Signal Hill, which is like right downtown, but right on the cliff uh, by the water. And I, I was just hiking that every day, finishing the lyrics to my album. And uh, I just, I don't know. I feel like there's nothing there's nothing better than the sun sparkling on the ocean water and, and, uh, and seeing a whale, I think is also <laughs> seeing whales is one of my favorite things that I have ever experienced in life. I haven't actually seen a whale yet this, this summer. I'm really, really looking for, for a whale sighting, but, uh, but I think that's just the most magical thing to to witness that. And, and um, it's definitely been really a place that I go to for, you know, for healing and for mental health sort of stuff, peace and serenity and, and meditation and stuff like that. Um, and it was, yeah, it was kind of like bizarre that I like ended up falling in love with this place and, and, and being so connected to it. Um, cause yeah, my, my the person that I was seeing from here, that relationship ended and I realized I really 
loved it out here and I wanted to stay out here. And I made this album and called it Waves a little bit because of that. But it was also because it was um, quite a large collection of songs uh, that I had had over many years, like over probably six or seven years. Um, by the time I, I finally got the pieces in place to record an album. So it was a bit of like the journey of my life, like ups and downs and landing, ending up, you know, being surprised to find everything I was looking for, for my, to make my dream first album way out here in St. John's, Newfoundland. Like it was just sort of strange <laughs> how things, how things turn up, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. So I, I just, before I go into waves, I guess I'll just uh, ask this too, because I, I've noticed that, yeah, there is quite a, quite a musical community in St. John's. Is some of it just a, like a pragmatic reason where it's actually affordable to live in a comparative sense? Is there some of that or not? Um, I think, it, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it, it wasn't particularly cheap when I moved here. Um, you know, food's more expensive. Uh, mm. food, the grocery stores are pricier. Um, like produce in particular, you know, it's like $6 for like a not very fresh uh, hunk of lettuce or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A hunk of lettuce. That's what you call it. A hunk of lettuce. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, uh, but since in the past few years, I think it, it, it has become more affordable here just because the prices in Ontario are nuts. The rental price. Mm-hmm. Like I've been hearing about it wasn't bad when I was living in Peterborough uh, a couple of years when I when I bounced back there. But um, I've just been hearing through my family about the rental prices going going up. And so, yeah, so it is more affordable now, but that wasn't really the a reason why, um, you know, that hasn't been been a thing until more recently, I guess. Um, I think just the music is built into the culture here in a different way um it's more built into the like social scene i find in ontario there's just certain people that are concert goers or like want to go hear live original music um there's not that many people that do it i think Mm -hmm. the general public just streams music and you know maybe they hear live music in a pub covers and they don't really think think much about it um they're not like going to shows they're not seeking out the local music in their scene they're maybe like saving up their money and buying a big ticket to go to toronto once in a while to see you know a larger act um and i love i love how much the local scene is booming and how much people appreciate like i guess local is all we have i mean it's not all we have we have festivals where other bands come in but it's so hard to make it here and to tour here that the appreciation for like what's what's around us um it's you know it's an island and so we sort of make do with what we have and and because of that the the local scene is just booming and there's so much talent and i think people i think the tradition of playing fiddle and guitar and doing sessions um folk folk music and traditional music um and also i think like you know newfoundland has a history of poverty and and struggling you know struggling to make a living and uh a lot of folks um you know that the family their families 
probably, you know, spent a lot of time just gathered around playing music for entertainment and, and also for like the healing sort of connectiveness. And I think that's also why everyone is so funny and friendly too, is because of the hard times people have, have gone through. They, they, they uh, have coped by having this connectedness to um, their community and music is one of the best ways to do that. So I find, um, yeah, music is just built into to the culture here and there are more gigs and more opportunities because there's more people that are willing to, you know, pay 10 bucks to go out and see music or, you know, if, if they're going out and socializing, they're like, what show are we going to? Whereas like, I wasn't used to that in, in, uh, in Peterborough, people aren't like, what show are we going to? It's like, what bar are we going to, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's beautiful. It's a lovely, lovely thing that I wish was, uh, I wish, uh, more places in, in Ontario were like that. Yeah, no, that's, that's a rich resource to have. Like you're basically saying it has sort of a sense of like real musical community, not that more kind of like a closet kind of thing. Like, yes, yeah, some people want, want to go out live or some people just, you know, it's a, whether it's social media or whether it's, um, COVID or a bunch of other things. It's just, uh, you don't really, that sort of sense of community. It sounds like Newfoundland has more of them, a lot of other places. So, um, yeah. 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 Um, and so on, on waves, yeah, your album, that's a player shortlisted album that came out in 2021. And that was uh, like, you were just sort of saying before, that was quite a long process. Am I correct in saying like some of that was just you feeling comfortable with yourself, making your own solo work under your own name. And some of it was also of course, COVID with you being stranded in Ontario, I believe for some of that time. Yeah. Um, so I had had yeah, a few different projects, EPs, like the first EP I ever released was the David and Kelly EP that the, uh, 2000, uh, 2007 uh, Peterborough Folk Festival Emerging Artist Award yeah. <laughs> went to, to me and uh, my friend David Samard. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my first EP. I put out an EP with my own band, uh, Rouge, uh, which was when I was in Guelph. And then I put out um, an EP under Kelly McMichael and The Gloss, which was like my first sort of time doing my solo stuff. Um, and that was in like 2014, maybe 2013. Uh, then I started doing a solo electronic project. Um, I had moved, moved around. So I just was like, I don't know, it's too hard to coordinate. I didn't really have the like band leader organizational skills. And because I was moving, it was hard to coordinate band members. So I was like, I'll just do this solo electronic thing. I was really getting into producing and recording my own music, making like bedroom beats and layers and synths and stuff like that. Um, so I had all these EPs, like I was always writing songs. I was always writing music. Um, I was always playing my own stuff, dreaming up dreams of what to do with it. But, um, just the circumstances never really like, it was sort of like, you need to do an EP to, and then you'll to, to, to ease your way in, develop a bit of a following, then following, then maybe get the funding to do a full length album. But um, none of the EPs really and projects kind of took off into (laughs) 
<laughs> something that was quite, you know, that I was able to sort of launch into this full album with. And I also like didn't have a, yeah, I didn't have like a solid regular band, but I found, found someone that I really wanted to record with Jake Nickel here in St. John's. And I had recorded, I'd played with him with some other projects and recorded another album with him that I co-produced with him. And I knew that we had a really great working relationship and he was sort of able to be flexible with a smaller budget with me. Um, so he agreed to like, we were going to work on an album and my friend applied. My friend was like, you should make an album. Like you've been, you know, at this for a really long time. I know you really want to do this, like, but you just haven't been able to put the pieces together to make it happen get the funding. Um, really funding is like a huge roadblock, right? Like if you're not like a business admin grant writer person, you're just, you're never going to have the money to, to, to record an album that, uh, that is going to sound professional enough to get any kind of traction. I shouldn't say you're never going to, there, there are ways to do it, but you know, a lot of gear mastering production mixing, like it's just, you can't really get it to the level where it's going to get traction on your own. Um, it's, or it's extremely difficult to do that. So my friend who was a grant writer wrote a grant for me. I got some funding and, um, yeah, we recorded it all in 2019. And then I went off to tour with Sarah Harmer, um, cause I had been doing session work with, with a lot of different projects to, uh, to, sort of that was I was more known as a session player but not because I didn't want to do my own music I just didn't have the leadership skills or or the funding to like pay a band to play my music with me <laughs> so that was why I just ended up you know playing with other people but I was always working on this stuff um on my own stuff and hoping to do that um and uh yeah and then the pandemic happened and we were unable to finish yeah there was sort of a roadblock in finishing my album with Jake, um, he was on tour in Europe when the pandemic happened. He ended up moving in with his parents uh, at a farm in Waterloo. He was just going to quarantine and then go back to St. John's, but he ended up just staying there because, you know, everything was in flux and traveling was not really a great idea in <laughs> April 2020. Uh, so, and I also had nowhere to go. I had sublet my apartment because I was supposed to be on the road with Sarah Harmer for a few months. And, um, I moved in with my parents in Peterborough. So we were both kind of like stranded at our parents' places in Ontario. Um, and Jake, uh, figured out how to put a new studio together and he like built this cabin um, for him to stay in on his parents' farmland and got some of his gear shipped to him from St. John's uh, and eventually put together what he needed to finish um, mixing. And uh, we just long distance, you know, mixed and finished tracking a few. I think he did a little bit of flute and a little bit of synths at the end that we still needed to do for my album. And so we finally got it out in 2021, even though the bulk of it was recorded in 2019 and the songs were written over the course of six or seven years, because it just had taken me a long time to, to, to put the pieces together to be able to record an album. Okay. Well, it definitely yeah. seems to be paying off now uh, for that. And um, uh, yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. You explain the process of being that like uh, painful and uh, um, uh, difficult, but because, uh, you know, a lot of what's presented the last 
five to 10 years is just sort of like, oh, you just need garage band kind of thing. And it's easier than ever to do it on your own in your own house kind of thing. But um, obviously that's not the case really. Um, so I, I just on Sarah Harmer, just you're mentioning you were touring with her just when this was happening with COVID, but um, how much, I guess, has her music and maybe getting to know her on the tour somewhat, uh, has, has she been an influence on her, either her slash weeping tile? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I, you know, was a, was a big Sarah Harmer fan in, in high school when I was in going to PCBS in Peterborough. And I remember mm-hmm. going to see her at a show place, yes, that's probably right. show place. Yeah. when I was like 16 or something, maybe. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty magical getting to come back and play. We just played Market Hall uh, two nights in a row. And actually... The Peterborough shows were a highlight of the whole tour, not just for me, for the whole band. Everyone was like, that was, those were, those were some of the funnest shows of the whole, whole tour. It was like such a great crowd. Um, and yeah, pretty cool, pretty cool, uh, you know, coming, coming about circle or whatever the, <laughs> whatever the expression is for me to get to do that. Um, yeah, she's a very smart, um, woman who who writes amazing songs and also does this activism work around environmental activism uh which feels amazing that that is also a part of um you know i i I like that there are politics that i can get behind that's a part of this project as well it's sort of especially with the world being as intense as it is right now with uh you know, conflicts going on and the, the climate change situation and, and divisiveness of different groups of people and the rise of the alt-right, like to be a part of something that is promoting, um, you know, kindness to other humans and, 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 uh, being aware of the climate change situation and, and promoting sustainability there. Um, we were doing that tour at the same time, you know, leading up to the Ontario election and Sarah was pretty, um, vocal about let's get rid of Doug Ford. So I was happy that that, you know, I was happy that that was part of the tour because with things being as heavy as they are, sometimes when you're doing music and you're promoting yourself, it feels like this, um, like, uh, selfish kind of shallow thing. Like, eh, come see my show, come see my band, like buy tickets. Um, that if it, it, it there's a bit of a conflict going on when you're like trying to trying to promote that up against like say the wildfires that are happening or um you know the the rising of the the ocean's temperatures and the acidity levels and stuff like that it's like you're like you you can lose track a bit so there needs to be meaning i i i need to do there needs to be meaning behind the music that i'm playing i'm no longer in a position where i'm going to do session work with somebody who i can't really get behind the music and the message um so to be able to do that with sarah was 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 amazing and and you know she's has so many wonderful songs that are lovely to play and um such so so nice to sing with her i was like honored to be the sort of like first backup vocalist, although everyone in the band was amazing singer, uh, was an amazing singer. So all of us could sing together, but yeah, to sort of be like the one getting the first harmonies, um, was yeah, such an honor. It was so great and, and beautiful parts. And, um, yeah, it's always, always good experience going on the road with someone else who, who has, you know, has more experience than you. And I, 
as much as um, I would have liked to get started on my own music career sooner in life. I'm grateful for the experience that I've had um, and the wisdom that I've gained from touring with people like Sarah and uh, Gentleman Reg, who I also toured with for a long time. Um, so yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get some, uh, some, you gotta take the, uh, the influence from your elders and the <laughs> learn from the wisdom from them, you know? So right. I'm grateful for that. Yeah. And I, I wasn't going to bring this up, but since you brought out an example of someone who, uh, sees art as being part of a greater cause, um, have you been affected at all by these forest fires this year in Newfoundland? Or have we ever- have, we have, and I've never, I've never experienced that before. Um, there was a air quality warning the other day. Uh, there, mo- most of the fires are in central. Like it's, it's insane because Newfoundland is known. It's one of the wettest, dampest. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you don't think cloudiest places uh, in the world. And Mm -hmm. we did have a really hot, nice summer and great for swimming. Um, But yeah, unfortunately, we've had a lot of fires and, you know, central, mostly it was in the center of the island, but they had a warrant. They were like, you know, uh, could on, on what's the word? <laughs> Can't get the word out. They were, uh, prepared to evacuate or whatever, oh, yeah. any minute, mm-hmm. but they didn't have to. And we had like an air quality, um, warning here that like the smoke was, was coming through one day and we were supposed to like shut our windows and you could definitely smell it. Um, so that's new. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I hope, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's, it definitely shows you that's something that's always uh, present with us all the time. These various environmental uh, uh, catastrophes we have around. But um, now you did mention gentleman Reg's name. Uh, so I believe it was around maybe the mid to late 2010s. You like a lot of people try their spot in Toronto. And I believe that's where you were working with them. Uh, is there anything you can say about him or what uh, you maybe t- took from him as a, uh, your musical or artistic lessons from. Yeah. Well, Reg is still a really good friend of mine. And yeah, I definitely learned, I'd say he would be like my main sort of like mentor, like band dad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He he called himself a proud, proud band dad recently. uh, (laughs) When I, when he came to see me play with uh, Sarah Harmer at Massey hall, which was, Mm -hmm beautiful such an honor to be able to play that room um yeah he's you know he's such an such an amazing songwriter he definitely influenced my my taste in in music um introduced me to a lot of stuff he got me into liz fair who is one mm-hmm. of my biggest influences um he uh he also has his other project uh so Regina gently is his drag alter ego, which is amazing. Super fun. Um, and like as a performer, he's such an incredible performer and Regina just like lights up the stage is hilarious, gives it her all, no matter how many people are in the audience dances up a storm. And so I think I've learned a lot of stage moves from, uh, from Regina <laughs> as well. Um, and just sort of like inspiration for like, yeah, how to, what, what I like classic legend entertainer does like a professional entertainer. 
Mm. Um, I was very fortunate to be around that. Okay. So it's all right. So some entertainment kind of, uh, like a a way to put on a show. In other words, maybe you got from them. You're saying, yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, and now just focusing specifically on waves, I'll just start with the cover. I guess I just have to ask, just looking at the cover, uh, what is your relationship generally with horses? Like, uh, I don't know. You tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't know if I read you as being like a horse whisperer kind of person, but you do, <laughs> but you do have a familiarity of them because I believe you said at one time you once lived on a farm around Omimi. And yeah, you might, have, you might have had them there, but I don't know. Yes, yeah, uh, I I did a little bit of horseback riding. Um, my dad, uh, his partner, lived on a farm and had horses. She was a horseback riding instructor and boarded horses. So I didn't grow up with them, but um, when he started seeing her, we did do some lessons, and then I lived. We moved out there. Uh, it was just my last year of high school, so it wasn't a, a, a ton of time. But I loved having the horses around, um, beautiful, majestic creatures. And uh, I wanted to do that. Well, I just sort of thought I, I wanted to make a bold statement. I wanted people to be like, whoa, who is that <laughs> on the cover of the album and be a little bit kind of ridiculous and playful and over the top. But also because it was like, it took me so long to finally put out my album. It was like, it was like, okay, this is a journey. I've been on a journey here. This is, this is a story. And like, I'm, I'm still, still, uh, still trekking along, but like I've come a long way to get here. It was also, yeah, a bit of a clash so I loved that um, in the background, you can see this is just outside St. John's in Torbay. You can see the the ocean um, and the cliff in the background. But being on a horse was also kind of like a little throwback to like rural Ontario, living in Omimi um, on a horse farm. So it was kind of like crossover between throwback to my Ontario rural times um with uh with this the, with the ocean St. John's Newfoundland uh vibes yeah <laughs> right. right and uh, the opening track new life coming that I was one of many tracks I really love on the album but is is that a, fair to say it's a bit of a statement of you finding sort of yourself in Newfoundland in St. John's um surprisingly enough there was a kind of double meaning going on with that one because that was actually about a time that I moved to Manchester England for a bit Mm. and it didn't really work out for me Uh, I see (laughs) so but there were reoccurring themes going on and I was spending a lot of time thinking about where I wanted to live um where I want yeah where I wanted to be and sort of like yeah my relationship ending and uh what where where I wanted to be and realizing that I wanted to be in Newfoundland and I was like singing this other song it was sort of um yeah that was an old song about not not about St. John's but I was kind of like thinking about that time and applying it to what I was going through uh (laughs) like five years later um But yeah, it's also just sort of like an exaggerated, dramatic, mellow. That song's very like dramatic and epic in like a, it's supposed to be kind of a little bit playful. Um, That one I did think sort of matched the the horse cover the most. 
I thought like I sort of pictured those two things going together, the the album cover and and that song. So that's why it's the first track, but I didn't get to release it. It wasn't the first track on, on the original waves album um, because it was too long and I wanted it to be the first track, but to fit on vinyl, uh, I had too many minutes um, to fit on, on uh, each side of the vinyl. And I was either going to have to cut two songs or a lot of the songs are quite long on the album, or I could cut the longest song, which was new life coming. It's like six minutes long. So I ended up cutting that and I planned on releasing it as like a B side or a single or something later on. But when I, um, when I signed with my label that I just signed with this spring LHM records, we released a deluxe edition of waves and I was able to put new life coming where, where it meant where I wanted it to be, uh, as track one. Um, so that's, that's that story, but yeah, we didn't, we didn't press that on vinyl. So if you get the CD or the digital version, you can get the, get new life coming as well as some, uh, some live, uh, live recordings, live performances at the end of the album. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was seeing two or three live tracks at the end of, uh, like, you, I think you have 12 studio tracks and there's two live tracks I've seen. I think that was on band. Uh, I think there's 11, there's 11 studio tracks and three live tracks. Okay. 11, three. Yeah. Okay. And now you were saying earlier, like uh, kind of, um, you maybe were being self-critical saying like uh, being the song being somewhat uh, overly dramatic and, uh, uh, and everything. But I would say that is one of your great qualities. Uh, not every musician can do that. And it's, uh, I, I'm saying this with uh, full compliments, but it has a bit of a Elton John, Bernie Taupin kind of uh, like uh, not the same sort of content, but the same sort of like feel where it's really like has a, it's really, hitting you in the heart, some of those melodies that you really pull off on this album. So um, I, 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 don't, I don't, that's, that's just one example. And certainly maybe another example of that in the album is um, I think it was called best song of the year out East by some blog, but anyway, stepping stone. Um, and uh, yeah. I think what somebody described it as a song about the pain of being used, but uh I don't know. I, I, I'm getting from it that you once had a relation with someone, maybe when you still lived in Peterborough, who was also wanting to be in the musical industry themselves, but, uh, they went, you kind of went your separate ways and you maybe felt for a time you were being used by that person more or less. Is that, uh, is that a fair interpretation? Um, yeah, it wasn't a Peterborough person, but, uh, <laughs> But it was like kind of inspired by a feeling like it's it's really not not um, meant to be that serious. Like I more just like take inspiration from like, yeah, a feeling of working with somebody and then they kind of move on and, and do a bunch of stuff and you feel a little bit left left behind or forgotten about. And uh, and I, you know, I, re- I respect that person and I don't like mean to like tear them down at all like they deserve everything they they got but it was just kind of like a bit of that feeling that hurt feeling of like okay like we were working on a bunch of stuff together for a while and then you just kind of seem to blast off and not really look look back and remember me but 
you know, it, it happens. It's so difficult to, uh, to navigate the, the music scene. And when things take off, they really, uh, I can tell you right now, it gets very incredibly overwhelming to, um, try to manage all, all of what's going on for your own project. So I, I completely understand why that person maybe wasn't able to keep in touch with me. Um, and I just sort of, I, yeah, I guess what I like to do with songs is like, you know, take inspiration from real life and then you, you, you embellish and, and make it sound a bit more, more dramatic just for the, for the sake of the song, making it, making it a tale, like, you know, yeah, it's, no, I, yeah, I, I didn't really describe that well in the question. I, yeah, that's what I was really meaning that I, the, I mean, more be sort of the genesis of it, but what it grows into is its own creature pretty much. Yeah. And I think if, if you, I think I try to leave it like I make it not so specific because mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to feel like I'm putting that much uh, negativity and bitterness towards this person that inspired the situation because that's not, how I feel. So I don't want it to be specifically about that person um, for myself, but also if I, if I embellish and, you know, leave, leave a little room here and there um, without making it so specifically personal for myself, then, then the audience can also take more out of it. They can take their own meaning out of it and apply it to their situation rather than me being so specific about, you know, exactly what it is, what it was for me. Right. Right. Now mention one other song on the album that uh, definitely kind of stands out for me. Well, there's more than one other one, but this one is certainly one of them. Um, uh, Out the Window. I'm just going to mention this without getting into any long story about the genesis of it. I'm detecting, this is just me personally, that it has a bit of a Thelma Louise-like quality to it. Maybe it's a bit of a hyperbole, but... uh, at least yes. like lyrically speaking, I'm saying. You're right. Yeah, you're right on the money. Um, I definitely was thinking about that a little bit. I actually, I play, I play with a band. Well, we haven't been able to play actually since the pandemic, but I have like a sort of like a Riot Girl cover tribute band called oh. Thelma and Louise oh, in, wow. in okay. St. John's. Um mm. And I have uh, one of my really good friends, Claire Whitehead, who actually wrote, so there's a song called No Right Way Louise, which is one of the live performances on my deluxe edition. And Claire Whitehead actually wrote that song. I think it's just such an incredible song. It was inspired by the movie Thelma and Louise. Um, So there was sort of like... Claire is one of my good friends and I was playing that song with her and I just, I just loved it so much that I, I wanted to start covering it on my own. So um, that's how that ended up on my album. But um, Claire is going to be playing with me at the Peterborough Folk Festival, by the way, she's guest, guest, guesting on a few songs nice. on Saturday. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, there was just multiple Thelma and Louise vibes going on around me. And like, maybe because I was also just, you know, single for the first time, I was getting out of a relationship, uh, an eight year relationship. I think the Thelma and Louise mindset was sort of where I was at. <laughs> <laughs> I was 
the last one I mentioned from Waves, but no, I'm going to mention one more because I couldn't stop playing it today when I came across it. And that's, uh, I think, the last track on the album, at least in a studio sense, uh, Can't at All. I just don't know if there's anything you could say about that track. Um, I'm still processing it myself. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a surprise. Um, I had so many songs going into i had some more electronic songs going into the recording of this album um i have a couple that i ended up cutting uh because the album just started to lean more in a rock direction and less electronic um but can't at all just had been one of my most important songs um i like thematically it was just it 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 was part of the 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 it just fit in with the theme of the album um around sort of like identity and pursuing uh art and fitting it into your life and your relationships and it also um there was part of it that was sort of inspired by um my uh aunt who passed away uh, shortly before the album and she was she was a, a wonderful artist um but uh yeah there were certain things around her um her her death uh which was a surprise and came was cancer came on quickly just sort of in, inspired a a new approach to making art and life um in a way. So there was just something about it that it just, it was, it was an important part of the album for me. And it was an important thing for me to sing about. And I wanted to tribute my electronic side, like that side of myself. I didn't want to just dis, uh, disclude that just because of, just because of genre. I was like, why do you, why would you disclude a certain song just because it has, you know, slightly different, a slightly different style from the other ones? Like, I think if it's a good, if it's a great song, it should be on the album. And I sort of toyed with the idea of making it a secret song, (laughs) like they used to have in the nineties where it would sort of be like not on the track listing, but that would sort of excuse the the different sound of it. But then I just thought, you know, maybe it's fun to just have this this rock album, this journey that ends with like a, an emotive kind of power power pop uh, synth pop ballad at the end, or like dance dance track. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's a great way to end the album. So I I don't know. I think it worked anyway. And I, okay, I awesome. Thank you. But I can't listen at all 
now I think I think all of us like uh struggle with our identity or like switch from one part one element of ourselves to another but a lot of people I think do it subconsciously you I'm picking up as someone who's always sort of aware of this and struggles with one thing to another or or perhaps also enjoys part of it but uh I I would say like uh said maybe like uh you know a Bob Dylan reinventing ourselves all the time you do sort of like switch from one spot to another so I guess I musically speaking I'm just you could say anything about um uh when you perform under uh performance name of renders uh like i don't know it's, it almost seems like a dan snaith like kind of thing where it's uh you're picking up maybe your electronic side and letting that come out full force and like uh i i, I don't know i've seen you've done lana del rey covers and things like that and i think i was listening to another one called badass girl too recently uh, she's badass. She's badass. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <Sorry>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, um, that was mainly just because I was doing everything myself and it's easier to record electronic beats. Like I, I can't drum. I'm not a great bass player. So music, if I'm going to make all the music myself without anybody mm-hmm. else, um, I'm, I'm going to be using electronic beats, um, uh, rather than a drum kit, I also don't have the the capability of like recording drums. Um, so like, I just don't have the, you know, the studio for that, but, but making beats is something that I can do. So, and I do love electronic music. Um, you know, I, I, I love, I love, uh, getting to do a lot of different tap tapping, uh, into a bunch of different styles and genres. I've always, done that um I like the variety so yeah like I said before I didn't want to discount um uh, a song just because it was a slightly different style from other songs and I think like I like sort of challenging like why do you why do you like something why do you not like it like why do you think rock and roll has this certain meaning and certain people only like rock and roll and they and they don't like electronic music like I don't know like why don't why don't we like play around with these different styles and and see what what there is and also like people don't have to be just this one thing like I I I was just so grateful to finally get a chance to record my own album that I've needed to do it for me and just do 100% what I wanted to do and what I was happy with and just like what felt like what I wanted to do and I didn't want to think about fitting too much into like other people's boxes or whatever so um yeah so I I did you know I do have some strengths in the electronic world from my experience doing renders and also rouge um mm-hmm. my other band so i i will always have uh bits of electronic music in 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 my like in my next albums i've I've started demoing for my next album and there's a lot of synth synth action going on and it's partially because that's what i'm i you know i make demos on my own and then i bring them into the studio and we take it to a band but the demos are fully electronic so there's going to be elements of that Right. Um, yeah. Ed, am I correct in saying about you that you are a bit, I'm getting this from your tribute to the often now forgotten about Josh Donaldson. And also <laughs> in one video, you wearing a Montreal Canadiens outfit. Uh, are you a bit of a sports fan? 
<laughs> I was really going through a serious Blue Jays phase for a okay. while. Were you okay? Yeah. <laughs> I still I love baseball and like yeah I've you know I've I've, I've loved uh, Blue Jays since uh, since the early '90s when they were winning the World Series there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, and I I actually usually would would watch and um support the Leafs because I grew up watching the the Maple Leafs with my dad so the Montreal jacket I mean Montreal I I did spend some time watching the Habs right um it was mostly just like a cool jacket honestly okay (laughs) well it looked it it worked for the video definitely so yeah okay but yeah Um, I've been like pretty athletic and like into sports in my life I suppose more than some musicians perhaps (laughs) okay great um and is this the first time you've been back to Peterborough in a while or am I correct in saying you've you come up mostly every year at least once like to see your your family oh yeah yeah I I make it usually a couple times a year I would say like it's nice that I'm able to do some shows to sort of help pay for my trip home um but yeah I'm always going to come visit my my mom and my dad and my sister uh live in Peterborough so I'll always be back around and uh yeah, I I love spending. We have like a family cottage up on Clear Lake. I love spending as much time there as I can. So and yeah, with like Toronto being, you know, such a, a an important music hub, like playing with Toronto, sort of the home base when we when I do gigs with Sarah Harmer too. So mm-hmm. there's always reasons for me to be be back. I'm I'm always back around around uh, Ontario multiple times a year. Right. And you have a lot of special feelings for the only. I do. <laughs> yes, I do. I love the only. What an amazing patio mm-hmm. uh, and great vibe. And I'm hoping to uh, book a show at the Gordon Bass Theater, which is also one of the greatest venues ever. Um in November. So I'm working on a November. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Now as well. Yeah. So I'm hoping, hoping that's going to be finalized soon. I won't, I guess I won't be announcing it for a while, but yeah, hopefully I'll be at the Gordon Best in like early to mid November. Right. Now at one time when you were, um, I guess in your high school years, you were like really heavily individual art and you just, uh, were, were into a lot of other mediums, but, uh, how much do you credit sort of, uh, well, at that time, PVAC or now known as PACE sort of helping you sort of become like bring out your artistic self, I guess? Yeah, I mean, I'm so lucky that there was that PCBS, like a downtown high school with an integrated arts program that, you know, people like Serena Ryder were going off playing music. We were encouraged to participate in the downtown art scene like I don't think most high school kids get that like early introduction to like ooh maybe going to see a play or and like going going to an art show and having a coffee house like doing our little coffee house you know that's where I did my first performances in front in front of anyone um and uh I think just being surrounded by other people that were kind of like weirdo art makers um that maybe would have been like more more 
there may have been less of us that were more outcasts at another high school, but at this high school in this program, there were enough of us that it wasn't so <laughs> weird uh, to to be like to be doing arty stuff. Um, I think I didn't have as as bad of a high school experience as I could have had being kind of like a shy weirdo arty kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely, yeah, I think, and then just like seeing other, other people, um, my peers that were slightly older than me, like going on a lot of, you know, a lot of them had to move to Toronto to, uh, go on to have art careers, but, uh, you know, like Dan, Dan Fortin was a friend who's still, he's playing with the, well, he was playing with Bernice. They've also been on the, um, Polaris shortlist. I think they were on the Polaris shortlist a few years ago. They're an amazing band. Um, so just to, yeah, have like peers that were like working in the arts makes you feel like you, you can do it. It's possible. <laughs> yeah, no, that is, yeah, that definitely is something that was quite valuable and, uh, yeah, I'm glad, glad it, I'm glad to hear it had that effect on you. It's certainly, uh, you're one of many, it's certainly helped out. Um, so just now that, you know, you were working on Waves Forever and you have been touring, so you maybe feel like after this taking a bit of a break, but is there some sort of uh, future projects you have in mind? I guess you're saying you you might come back to Gordon Best in November, but like musically speaking, like a album EP sort of thing. Yeah, I'm, I was uh, excited to start working on my second album i have yeah i have some demos done i i need to still do some writing and some more demos for that um but i have had with this polaris thing coming up um i have had and i I still have an east coast tour with sarah harmer um in september uh so anyway fitting in this the polaris thing was obviously uh, it was just an unexpected thing that um has sort of bumped my my schedule a little bit um but also allows me to uh i'm just gonna try to like prioritize my own band and touring this album now that the album's getting a bit more life and a bit more traction um so yeah i'm doing that november tour I haven't, you know, like I said, I'm coming to Ontario this week and it's my first chance touring these songs um, uh, in Ontario, even though the album came out over a year ago. So, yeah, so I'm a little I'm pushing the the next album a little bit um, so that I can get some touring life out of out of this one. But I am very excited to record my next album and I'm going to record it with Jake again because um, he's the best. And, and it was yeah, it was so great. I mean, we obviously, we obviously, uh, did a, it worked. (laughs) So so I'll do that again. And, um, and then, yeah, hopefully more touring. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. It's, uh, it's, I'm going to have to see how, what, what becomes of this Polaris buzz and, um, how things, how things, uh, sort of progress moving forward tour wise. Okay. Yeah. Is it fair to say about Jake that he kind of, when you were working with him on waves, he kind of, he understood what you're trying to do. Like it didn't take you having to explain yourself a lot. He sort of, uh, you, you sort of connected in other words, professionally. Yeah. Well, I knew like we connected really well on the previous album that we co-produced together. Like I was like, okay, this is, this is amazing. Like we are, we're, you know, seeing eye to eye 
everyone's picking up what the other person's putting down, but he is also incredibly capable um, at like problem solving and exploring new ideas. So if I was like, Oh, what about this? Or what about that? I want to do that. Like, yeah, he was really able to understand what I wanted, what I was looking for, but also willing to take the time to like, take something apart and try putting it together in a new way. Or like, he's always collecting new, new gear um, that he was sort of exploring things with. And, and uh, yeah, he's just, he's like a a pretty amazing sort of like inventor kind of type um, who's just like really lovely and, and easy to work with and, and so good at listening and, and willing to try things. And I mean, I guess we did have a lot of extra time being in lockdown. So we took, we just took, we took a lot of time to, to just keep, keep mixing and keep producing. And, um, and uh, yeah, I'm just like super, super grateful. I found somebody that was so great to work with like that, because like you're the studio, you know, the studio that you have, and then the attitude of the person that is the one that has all the tools um, you know, that's, that's, that's a huge, huge thing like that, how you're willing to communicate with that person and, and act and translate what the visions that I have in my head, you know, how, how they actually get translated. Um, there's a lot that could go wrong in that process. And I think I was so lucky that so many things went, went right. <laughs> right. Okay, great. Well, th- th- this, uh, this interview has been great. I've certainly, uh, learned a lot from this about you and um, really have a pleasure speaking with you, but um, I just was hoping uh, before we go. um, So what uh, this is obviously the Monday of the uh, week leading into the folk festival, but what night are you playing at Peterborough's folk festival? I believe you said the Saturday. I'm playing Saturday, August 20th. So yeah, going, I got a Guelph, Guelph show uh, Thursday, August 18th, and then Hamilton Friday, August 19th. And then we roll into Peterborough, play the folk fest Saturday night. Um, I believe it's at seven 30 and uh and then we got toronto a toronto show the next day sunday the 21st at the dakota at at the dakota yeah i saw that so okay well great and if people want to uh like uh, check out your music or find out things about uh what you have upcoming where what would you suggest to them um yeah instagram is a good place to keep up to date um i definitely keep that one a bit more um updated than the facebook um but i try i try my best but it's just me doing everything and the the machines get a little overwhelming at times Mm -hmm. but uh i also have a website www.kellymcmichael.com and um all the streaming platforms have have the uh waves the original version and also uh waves the deluxe edition if you want that new track new life coming and the live tracks um and there's some nice live videos on youtube if you want to check out what is there go to my channel because if you just google my name like i don't even know why some of these old videos come up (laughs) i gotta get rid of them but (laughs) but go to the latest videos not the old stuff (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yeah. That, that's the advantage of having your own channel, but uh, yeah, well, I will, I'll try to include all this in my show notes. And uh, again, thank you very much for uh, uh, taking the time to speak with me and 
good luck with the rest of your tour. And uh, I think uh, Peterborough is very lucky to have you back for this year's festival. Oh, great. Well, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope you get to have the experience of going to Nichols Oval either this Saturday or Sunday. That's August 20th and 21st. Get to see, um, if not Kelly McMichael, a lot of other great artists. I, Bahamas, The Trues, Joyful Joyful. Uh, there are others as too, other, other local acts. I could read them all out, but really this is about Kelly McMichael and her wonderful album, Waves. Um, just somebody who's like come to realize her own talents, I think, by making her own solo record. Well, I'm going to close out with a song that I think we talked about a lot in the interview and I think really shows all her great qualities coming out, and that is Stepping Stone. Um, you can make of it, interpret the song, which you like, but... Some have called it the pain of being used. Well, anyway, here is Stepping Stone. As for me, Corner of Hunter and George, you can catch it on Spotify, Apple, Google, SoundCloud. You'll, if you look at my Twitter site, Corner of Hunter and George, you'll see where it's uh, linked to. And, yeah, I hope I see you again soon next time in Corner of Hunter and George, and maybe we can make another quarter century of these episodes. But until then, enjoy Kelly McMichael. See you next time.
stepping stone to 